Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Kimberly Savage comes with an impactful message entitled, Love is Salt, Love is Light. Make sure to share this with your friends and your followers, and let's go hear what God has for us today. Well, let's get into the Word, and I do want to say you have some notes in version or church online. That's to help you move with me. I won't be saying or reading all of those words. That's to help you move with me. So if you need additional context, you can read it in your notes. Amen? Amen. All right. So in the book of Revelation, chapters 1 through 3, Jesus was sharing and revealing himself to John the disciple. And he gives him a message for the seven churches. So there are seven churches, and Jesus has a message for them. He tells them what they are doing well and what he has against them. And this is what he has against them. He said, one of you, you have lost your first love. Another one was compromising their doctrine. One was immoral by tolerating the spirit of Jezebel, and that's just not a woman. Amen. Jezebel is not a woman. It is a spirit. I just want you all to make sure you're aware of that because we're always quick to call somebody that Jezebel, but it always seems to fall to the feminine side. Another was spiritually dead, and one was lukewarm. Mm. Now, when you think about you being a part of the body, because we're quick to say, I am the church. There are some people online or some people at home, what I need to go to a building for, I am the church. The church is in you, but the word also tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves with like-minded believers. Sometimes you just got to get in the presence of those who think like you and believe like you so we can all be on one accord, unified, and allow another mighty rushing wind to sweep through the body so that as we separate and go to our different places, the Lord is just on fire on the inside of us. But Jesus wasn't telling them that they were not a part of the body. He said, you're not acting like God. That's really it. He wanted them to change. Change to what? Well, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says that God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Verse 27, he did just that. But then the word also tells us that God is love. Everything in his character, everything that he does, even when he has to correct us, it is based on love. So if these churches weren't doing what they were supposed to, what Jesus was really saying, you got to get back in your love walk. Because when you're acting like God, talking like God, looking like God, behaving like God, it is love. Amen? So today we're going to delve into a little bit of one of my favorite topics in the Bible, love. 
I like to <clears throat> share our foundational scripture with you. It comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are, everybody in here, those who are watching, those of you who know Jesus as Savior, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, then how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. That's what the word said. You are the light of the world. A city that is sat on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You are salt, you are light. And today I want to minister from the perspective that love is salt and love is light. Love is salt, love is light. So what's significant about salt? It's a common spice, but it's used all over the world. Uh, today, salt is very cheap, very cheap. But in that day, it was very expensive because it was difficult to harvest. It was usually found on the coast or in the pits of the Dead Sea. So that means that you had to go through something to get to it. And God, Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. But now we become so materialistic, <clears throat> we have forgotten that in those days, biblical times, Salt was more valuable than gold because of everything that it was used for. So salt is a preservative. We know it enhances the flavor of food. We know that. But salt is also a preservative. Before those days of refrigeration, you would pack things in salt. If you went out fishing, you would pack it in salt to preserve it, to keep things from spoiling or going bad. So let's look at this scripture. <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 13, verses 4 through 5. Then Abijah stood on Mount Zeremon, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, and said, Hear me, O Jeroboam, and all Israel. <clears throat> Should you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave dominion over Israel to David forever and his sons by covenant of salt? In essence, what Abijah was saying to Jeroboam is essentially you've gotten out of your place. And you need to remember that God has established a salt covenant with Israel. A salt covenant is just like a blood covenant. It is interchange, and it comes It's a supreme gift from a supreme giver. God is our supreme giver. And this salt covenant is saying that it is enduring, it is unchangeable, it is permanent. And that's the kind of covenant we have with God when we accept his son, Jesus. And if you think about it, the world is decaying. The world is getting darker. 
And whether we're in the business world or whether we're in church or in our homes, what is your salt doing to preserve the environment? See, when God made that salt covenant with Jesus, it was permanent so he could keep our soul from decaying. And when we allow the love of God to act like salt, then we will preserve our circle of influence. We will share the love of God with our family, with our children, with our friends, so that we can preserve their soul. We can help preserve their soul. And when we're working on our circle of influence, then God can work on the world. But we have to take our rightful place. Our rightful place. I just want us to remember that. We have a rightful place. But we have to share that salt in a godly way. Did you know that salt has healing properties? Healing properties. One of Elijah's first miracles was to heal the waters. And before modern medicine, salt was poured into wounds to kill the germs and to keep out infection. Let's have a look at 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 20 through 21. It says, then he went out <clears throat> and he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of water and cast the, the salt there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From it shall no more be death or barrenness. God expects us to facilitate the healing of the land. Love is salt. We are salt. And if we take our rightful place, what situations does he expect us to go into as salt and to help heal the land? We spend a lot of time talking about the problems, but then the words say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will hear their land. I, my ear will be attentive to listen to their prayers. If we are acting like salt to heal, but are we, are we, are your words promoting healing by the things that you say or are they more murmuring and complaining? Do you bless one day in you know, you get to church and you're in the car, you're sitting in your seat, hallelujah, Lord, I praise you, and you just cuss your kids out in the car. <laughs> the word says in James, bitter and sweet cannot come from the same fountain. So you can't, I'm going to bless over here, but I'm cursing all the way in. And then after I leave, I forgot that I made a commitment in my heart at the time to do the word. And I go right back to what God has told me not to do. Love is salt. It heals. It enhances the flavor. It is a preservative. When you take on those characteristics, you're going to make a positive difference in the world, in your circle of influence. But this is what's happened. Mm. Do you know that salt, 
when it was harvested, it had a lot of impurities in it. And once that salt began to dry out, it, there was nothing left except dirt and other impurities, which made it good for nothing. So if you lose your ability to enhance, to preserve, to heal, what are you good for in the kingdom? Can I encourage you to not lose your ability to flavor the world? Let's have a look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven of them are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, he that sheds innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. For too long the body of Christ at large has chosen to ignore the word of God, which should direct our behavior. God says that he hates arrogance of looking down on people. But how often if somebody doesn't have all their stuff together, we look down on them. He said he hates a lying tongue. There is no partial truth or half truth. A lie is a lie is a lie. It's not a little white lie. A lie is a lie. If you are not telling the truth, you are lying. He hates strife. Oh, I don't like her. I don't like him. Did you see what they did? He says he hates strife. If you don't like what they said or did, how about praying for him? Because the word of God says these things are an abomination to God. But how often are they practiced in the body of Christ? You know. Ooh. Ah. Minister Diane, you know when I was downloading on you, I thought God was giving me a pass out of this. Ah. Okay, we spent a lot of time talking about the proliferation of darkness in the world. We talk a whole lot about how the world is messed up and how they're not doing what they're supposed to. And we know in Corinthians 9 it talks about adultery and fornication and all of those things. We know what the word says, but is that the way God told us to deal with them? I mean, we're so harsh. We condemn people. We forget that whatever we were in, we were jacked up. We were without salt. So we'll point the finger. And we are real quick to protest against alternative lifestyles and abortions. I'm not saying that those things are right before God. I am not. But I'm saying we are real quick to go get a picket sign. I need to call my senator, the congressman, over all of these rights. I think those who have an alternative lifestyle are having or the choices that people make in uh, killing babies. And again, I'm not saying those things are right. But when was the last time we protested against bitterness and wickedness and backbiting and mummering and complaining? 
fornication and adultery. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean that the God we say we serve does not. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. And can I listen? And I thought this was like really weird because I didn't understand a whole lot of things, but I, I remember. Uh, when I started teaching and I was in uh, a school that did not look like me, um, they hired 27 teachers that year and I was the only one who looked like me. And sometimes the students would share things with me. And I remember one young lady, she said, oh, well, such and such is living with me. I said, why? Because his mom kicked him out of the house. I said, why? And I, I have 26 years in education, so you think way back then. And she said, and I said, why? She said, because he's gay. And I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, but parents love your children in spite of, in spite of who and what they are. Because have you not been a fornicator or a liar? You still might be. Or have you not been a gossiper? Have you not been a backbiter? Have you not been a thief? Have you not been something that displaced God? If we want to turn this world right side up, it starts with how we love, preserve, heal, enhance the flavor. Because the last time I checked, God said, for my son did not come to condemn the world. He came to save. All the saved people in, your house, in the house, stand up. If you're saved, stand up. Now pat yourselves on the back. Sit down. Some of you didn't do it. Bless the Lord. Because why are you congratulating yourself for accepting something that was free? Do you know how long people prayed for you and stood in the gap and thought you would never turn away from darkness? How dare you? How dare you act like you got it going on? Salvation is free. It was free. We didn't work for it. All we had to do was receive it. Because the body of Christ, teenage pregnancy, we throw them out the church or we sit them on the front row and talk about them. All that stuff. Jesus just started writing in the sand. Johnny. You were with somebody last night, Steve. You got two women on the side. He just, and he said, woman, where are, ooh, not you, Minister Johnny. <laughs> he said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they gone. And he said, I don't condemn you. You go and sin no more. So our job is to love people where they are because it took love for somebody to stand in the gap. And just because we accepted Jesus, we still got areas that he needs to work on. So we don't need to beat up on people for whatever their areas are. We just need to love them because let me tell you something. I am 
am a work in progress. As I could levitate, I'd be on both feet. But God is patient with me. God is kind to me. He's kind to you. So let your love be salt and promote that which is good, that which is kind, that which is of God. Don't be like the ought that he had against the seven churches because you're not handling your business like he said you needed to. Love is salt, love is light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is love. And if Jesus is in us, then his, there you go, good job. Then his love is in us and his light is in us. If we go back to Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16, and I'm going to skip forward a little bit. It says, you are the light of the world, a city that cannot be hidden. A city that is set on a hill, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand it gives light to all, all who are in the house. So if you got people who aren't doing right in your house, stop cursing them. The word says let your light shine. You got people in your circle, stop cursing them, let your light shine. You got people on your job, stop cursing them. Let your light shine. We got people in this community. Stop cursing them and let your light shine. Let your light shine before men so that they will see your good works and glorify. Not you. Ooh, I got it all together. Oh, bless me. He said they will glorify your father who is in heaven. So that's what we're supposed to do. Make room for people to grow in their relationship and get themselves together in the eyes of the Lord through accepting Jesus. But if all we do is bash them over the head and not love them, you know, not show them what they need to do. How does that glorify God? That's a repellent. That's a repellent if you think about it. If we do not live our lives in a way that glorifies God, but live our lives in a way that we are loving people the way he said, then how does he get glory? How does he gain more souls when the church is supposed to have the major influence on the world? We are supposed to be the salt. We are supposed to be the light. That's what he purposed us to do. So before we say, get yourself together. There you go. Get yourself together. Because being salt and light requires self-examination. You know, I grew up in the day, it was um, do as I say and not as I do. Why? Because I said so. 
I'm the mama, you the child, and as long as you in my house eating my food under my sheets, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And too often we take our righty ways with the same do as I say and not as I do to the world. And we want them to get right. And sometimes they act like our children and they say, well, what about you? And then you get upset and you want to curse them or smack them or something else. Don't do that. So let's look at what the word says. Matthew chapter 7 verse 4 says, why do you worry about? Why do you worry about a speck that is in your friend's eye when you have a log like a long telephone pole in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of this speck in your eye when you can't see the past the log in your own? Hypocrite! That's what the word says. First, get rid of the telephone pole, the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with, let me see, the speck. I had a little string hanging, but I knew it would like show up and Joni did me a favor and cut it off. But it would have been real bright up here, this little string hanging on these black pants. That would have been a speck. But then some people out here with logs, the only thing they would have seen was the speck right here. I want to make it real plain for you. They would have focused on the speck. Pastor, you better not let her get up there no more because um, did you see what was there? And God is saying, deal with the law. You deal with you. So this passage tells us, frankly, before you start giving out all kinds of advice, deal with your own stuff. Own it. Before we devote so much time to trying to get other people right, God said, own your stuff. Lamentation says, let us search out and examine our ways. Let me start with the man in the mirror. Ask him to change his ways. You know, no message could have been any clearer. If you want to get right, if you want to be light and salt, you got to make a change and follow God's word today. Hey, na 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 The quality of our lives and the level of our obedience should be greater than that of the world. Because the world is the world. But we are the light of the world, we are the salt of the earth. The earth is soil, so that means that we're the fertilizer in the dirt that helps stuff to grow and flourish. That's what we do. <clears throat> now, being salt and light, it requires love. John chapter 13, verses, verse 35, says by this, by this, by showing up, every Sunday, by serving on a dream team, by praying for six hours, by having all your finances together, by being the one that Pastor Gregory knows, by being the one that Pastor Trish knows. 
That's not what it said. Well, why are we giving ourselves kudos for all that stuff? Hmm. Says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And if you keep on showing love among yourselves. He didn't say one time, he said, keep doing it. Not all that other stuff we pride ourselves in. Even if we sing well, even if we can prophesy, if we do all of that stuff, it says it sounds like this. All off beat. Sounds like trash. Garbage. Sounds like a cacophony, not a symphony. No harmony in that. And you think you got it going on. You just sound like tingling brass, a noisy cymbal. Somebody who's first learning how to play the trumpet and can't hit a note. That's what it sounds like when you just want to stand before people and tell them how wonderful you are and you have no love. And it says that this is the kind of love that we should have for people, especially the brethren, but people. God says love people because at any moment they could make a change and they could accept Jesus. So how are you going to feel if you cursed them out, dogged them out, put them out of your house, uh, uh, made them sit on the front row because you want everybody to know their level of disobedience or whatever the case may be. If you done done all that and then they say, Father, forgive me. I want Jesus in my heart. That's your brother. That's your sister. How you think they're going to feel about that? Some of us have problems in our families now because of how we have not walked in love. The word of God says, love the Lord your God, with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Right? I think Luke 10, 27. That's what the word says, right? <clears throat> it says love your neighbor as yourself. But if you do not um, love yourself, it's probably hard to love people. So that's why we have to have Jesus in our heart. We have to have Jesus in our heart. Because when you think about Jesus dying on the cross for all of the messed up, jacked up things that we have done, and that is some kind of love, and he doesn't spend every day reminding them of it. Because Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another. As I have loved you. So if you don't really love yourself, get Jesus in your heart. And we thank you, God, that it is of your good pleasure both to will and to do. In me, you help me love people like you love me. Because that's what God is saying I want you to do. I want you to love people like I love you. Because you're thinking, okay, because sometimes you feel real happy and you might be real nice and you're going through something, you might get mean and that kind of thing. Then when you look at your neighbor, they might get how you feel. But this kind of love, agapeo, it is the love of a will. I choose to walk in what God said I could do because this is what he did for me. Love doesn't mean that you compromise with people. Doesn't mean that you agree with their darkness. That means that you love them through it and you let your light so shine. Sometimes we have to preach a sermon with a lifestyle 
rather than our lips. Let your actions say something. As you, as you are salt and as you are light. Salt and light, they make enhancements. They make enhancements. John chapter 3.16 says, This is how much God loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him would not perish but have everlasting life, I got to say it. God didn't go through, because I love this. It says, God did not go through all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger. That's what the word says. He came to help to put the world right again. And anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. So God said, I didn't send Jesus for all this stuff that y'all point a finger at. Don't you know you're wrong? Don't you know you're wrong? Don't you? Let me tell you something. People really know that they're wrong. But it still takes an encounter with God for them to want to change the error of their ways. And just because you beat them over the head, that ain't going to fix nothing. That's going to make you look bad. And then God's going to have to deal with you because we always get him, God. No, he said, start right here with you. Let's deal with you. Because I didn't send Jesus to do this. I know you was clubbing last night and you still smoking that weed. Baby boy, baby girl, I know you smoking that weed, but I still love you. And any time you can turn. I know they did you wrong when you were pregnant and not married they shamed you but he says baby girl I loved you even then and I love you now there is nothing under the sun that is going to change how I feel about you you cannot clean yourself up we can't make ourselves good enough for God to receive us God is L-O-V-E that's who he is and he will accept us when we accept our son and that blood cleanses us, all that dirty black sin, it starts looking white like snow because God sees us through Jesus. And it takes the Holy Spirit to help us to be light and to be loved. We can't do this without Holy Spirit. We can't do it. See, we accept Jesus and then we get Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And we need him to help direct our behavior. We need him. The Spirit helps us to act like salt and light. And John chapter 14 verse 16 says, And I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you for how long? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. Somebody say, love is salt. Love is, salt. Love is, light. Love is light. God is love. God is in me. I am love. My love is salt. My love, is light. my love is light. So everywhere I take my love, it ought to make a difference for the good of God. Let's begin to treat people in the body 
Because if we want to save the world, the body has to get together. You can't have the foot over here and the head somewhere else over there. We have to work together on one accord. And let's be kind and compassionate people with, with our salt being a preservative, with our love being light. Because let me tell you something. How we treat people is an indication of how much we value them. How I treat you is a clear indication of how much I value you. But if I don't value you the way God does, who needs the upgrade? If I don't value you the way God does, who needs the upgrade? It's not the sinner. It's the one with the problem being so judgmental. God said, I am loved. I love you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now go and do what I need you to do. This world is decaying. It is dying. And instead of the church coming together, we sitting over here in the corner talking about all of the bad stuff that they are doing. We need to be praying. We need to allow the light of the word to shine in our lives so that we can have another enough light so that we can be the change that we want to see. That's what we have to do. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask that you rise up bigger in us. Show us the error of our ways. Show us the error of our ways so that we can be the salt and the light that you need on the planet to make a difference for the goodness of God. We want to be the change that we wish to see. Holy Spirit, you work in us to help us as the body do what we need to do so that we can be the salt and the light that the world needs so that our love can permeate every area of darkness and people will want to choose you. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died rose from the grave and he is alive right now lord jesus come into my heart and save me now as a result of what i've confessed with my mouth and what i believe in my heart i am right now born again and in right standing with god in jesus name praise god we are so excited for you we believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life congratulations we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to god thank you for listening today if this message encouraged or inspired you in any way 
Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.